Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bigly Blast. I've noticed something weirdly predictable while covering the Cardinals for the past 25 years. The worse they are, the more people misspell and mispronounce the owner's last name. The second I becomes an E, as in Bidwell, and I don't know if it's simple primordial trolling or if flashpoints of anger towards the Bidwell family draws in the most casual fans, the people drawn to negative energy, and those are the people who just don't know how to pronounce his last name. Either way, you might have noticed it's been Bidwell very frequently over the past 24 hours, and that is because the Cardinals failed to land the biggest fish with the net they are casting far and wide. Plus, we have no idea what's up with Brian Flores, or if he told the Cardinals that he isn't interested either. Which means our football team is really going to struggle to hire an impact coach with experience, a head coach who can do all the heavy lifting required Required to fix the mess inside team headquarters, which means the Cardinals are squandering the goodwill that came with the much-needed separation from Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime and the hiring of an external general manager. And I guess the big question is, did Peyton use the Cardinals as leverage to get the gig in Denver, or did the Cardinals waste a great opportunity to acquire him by balking at the Saints' asking price? The latter would be in incredibly short-sighted because Peyton is worth all the draft capital the Saints received and then some and anybody who thinks differently isn't aware of his pedigree the impact he made in New Orleans or the mess that Steve Kime has left behind in Tempe either way the Cardinals are now one of two teams left standing it is them and the Indianapolis Colts exactly the kind of company you do not want to be part of All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. They've got two great locations, and you can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Oh, Bick, you're right. Oh, Vinny. It is, I mean, on social media, it is bid well, W-E-L-L. Very frequently. But how much do you just chalk that up to the fact that... uh the average American citizen can't spell it. Yeah, I'm sure life. there's a lot of that. I know I, this from personal experience. If they're going to insult you, they spell your name wrong that's for some right. reason. That's right, and I, th- I think that I think there's some of that. I think it's a knee-jerk, reflexive kind of, I'm mad at you, so I'm going to show you the disrespect by mispronouncing your last name. It's it's quite something. It's like Kayvon Thibodeau, almost. Yeah. I don't know you. I don't respect you. I don't know how to spell your last name. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Uh, but I do know that that when the Cardinals got to the Super Bowl and Michael Bidwell was first being exalted, it, nobody. It, it was it was dramatic how everybody suddenly knew how to spell and say the last name. Yeah. And now there's a lot of that again, and there's a lot of these same old Cardinals again. And it's because there's there was quite a flirtation with Sean Payton. You know me; I was on record after after the after they hired Monty Austin for it. I really believed, okay, this team is out of the Sean Payton business. They are they are not interested because if they really were, why would they hire a GM? Why wouldn't they? Wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they bring in Sean Payton and use that as a reason to hire him? And and so that that persisted until he showed up. And then when he showed up, he was here for a while, and he got into the same car as Michael Bidwill. 
So the, by all appearances, they were getting along swimmingly, and I think we all began to believe this might happen. And then again, yesterday, Paul Calvisi with the flat-out prediction that it was going to happen from a guy who covers the team from inside the building. So that tells you that at least somewhere in that building, there was a hope or an expectation or, or, or a growing belief that, oh, we might be doing this. And so for this all to come down that he's choosing the Denver Broncos, who have really kind of made a mockery of the whole thing. If you listen to Peter King two days ago, when the Denver Broncos new ownership doubled back and went to Ann Arbor to meet with Jim Harbaugh a second time, every legitimate NFL candidate on their list was rolling their eyes. Like, Really? Mm-hmm. You're doing that? That's how you're operating as an NFL team? As early as yesterday morning, people were reporting the Denver Broncos were still trying to get into Miko Ryan's orbit. Last weekend, trying to get into Jim Harbaugh's orbit. Yeah. Ian, Ian Rappaport, too. It wasn't just like random reports. Ian Rappaport was the one that said that they were desperately still trying to get to Miko Ryan's before yeah, he was in It was a flat out butting of heads between mm-hmm. two of the top NFL insiders, one from NFL Network and Rappaport who reported what Jared just said, and Adam Schefter who debunked it and said it was completely coincidental. Um, now, who, who do you believe? Yeah, Listen, and, and I said this earlier, I'll say this yesterday, I heard when the news broke, Gambo came out and said that Michael Bidwell must be relieved that he doesn't have to trade the draft capital and I thought to myself, if that is the way the owner feels, we are really in trouble here because you, you don't, you're not relieved when you miss out on a head coach who can bring you everything you need to get whole as an organization and Sean Payton would have done that so now, but, but it also does raise the question because if you were going to ask me if you were gonna, if you were gonna sort of pin me down and say what do your what do your instincts say happened, I would I would say I would guess that Sean Payton used the Arizona Cardinals, and it's because Sean Payton is not comfortable with either the rehab of Kyler Murray or the prospect of developing Kyler Murray, and he thinks and he sees Russell Wilson as a safer bet, which is quite frightening when you think about it. And and yet it is what it is. So now the Cardinals have to rebound here and do something. And I don't know what they can do other than Brian Flores that is going to make people feel good about well, this. Two things on the draft capital thing: they traded a first round pick for Hollywood Brown last year. Yeah. So who would you rather have, Sean Payton or or Hollywood right. Brown? I, exactly. But uh, and then you're you're hoping that the Cardinals weren't caught by surprise with, by this. You're hoping that they didn't. You know, think in the building, oh, Sean Payton's about to, you know, agree to terms with us, and then all of a sudden he goes to the Denver. Because then they're caught on their heels. If you look at the timing of the way they did things, and yeah, you can look at at aspects of it in different ways, obviously. But the fact that they met with Sean Payton for seven hours on Thursday, and then over the weekend scheduled interviews with three more candidates, people were like, yeah, they're playing the long game. They're playing 3D chess here. Leverage. Leverage. Leveraging the Sean Payton thing. It might have been, all right, we spent seven hours with this guy, and we don't get a great feeling that Mm -hmm. he wants to be here and is probably going to Denver. Uh, again, we don't know the level of, of. Oh yeah, it's probably one of those things that was going really, really great at the end, but at the very end, you're getting no commitment. Like yeah. Jarrett not getting a kiss at the end of a date. Yeah, a date. <laughs> What's that? That's optimistic. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that is true, though. It's that awkward thing where you're like uh-huh. standing on their doorstep, uh-huh. and you're like, "Okay, what now, dude? Okay. Can I even get a hug?" She's here? like. Well, good night. Yeah, good well, night. Thanks for the shake. Catch you down the road. <laughs> Bye, bud.
<laughs> Take this, care. This is the, the door. Take care. But you're getting late. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> and then the handshake comes. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Then the hand comes out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, great. It was, it was a pleasure to meet you. Oh, man, am I a loser? Yeah. Best yeah, of luck in what you're looking for. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so this is uh, so the Cardinals again. This is uh, once again they're late to the party. Um, I, I forget who pointed out. Oh, Camp Cox pointed this out that for the last three hiring cycles, this is where they've been, and this has been this has been a recurring theme. And and the idea of taking your sweet time, it's not a great idea. And maybe Michael Bidwell doesn't understand the severity of it because they lucked out with Bruce Arians. Lucked to this day, the Cardinals don't even know how lucky they had it. Bruce Arians interviewed with the Bears. And he would have been a perfect fit in Chicago. And that goofy-ass McCaskey family had him do a pretend press conference to see how he would deal with the media. And at that point, B.A. is like, I'm out of here, baby. I'm not working for these clowns. And he didn't. And he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Look, the construction of coaching staffs, the scouting aspect of all of it, Mm -hmm. and... Like, there's been a lot made. Obviously, Monty Austin Ford is leading up football operations now. Dave Sears is his right hand man. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of people on that scouting staff that are still you know in their jobs from the previous regime under under Steve Kime. But to not have a coach in place during Senior Bowl week, that's a thing. Yeah, and I realize mm-hmm. we're not talking about the the Cardinals lagging. Weeks and weeks behind the other teams. Carolina was the first team to hire a coach. You had two yesterday. But now, I mean, the big fish, and and I think the three most attractive candidates that they had on their list are all gone in some capacity. Um, and that's Sean Payton going to Denver. That's Frank Wright going to Carolina. That's Dan Quinn going back to Dallas. And D'Amico Ryans, who they never even got an interview with. I, I wasn't, you know, I, do I think D'Amico Ryans is a great fit for Houston? We'll find out. He's very young in terms of coaching experience. He's very inexperienced. That organization is a mess, too. So I'm not crushed by that. But if you end up with all due respect, and we've gotten you know closer looks at most of these candidates, mm-hmm. Kafka, Anarumo, Callahan, Aaron Glenn, Ejero Averro, you're ending up with, a le- uh, uh, with all due respect, they might work out, but you're not getting... You're not getting the reaction that you would have wanted coming out of the Cliff Kingsbury experiment. Oh, no. And are you going to get the respect from the quarterback that was so clearly lacking with the previous head coach? And that to me, that's that's why an inexperienced head coach, the Cardinals can spend and their PR staff, they can spend two weeks talking up a guy with inexperienced and and I'm sorry, it, it's 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 just another roll yep. of the dice and another crapshoot. Yep. You text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we'll try to encapsulate the feeling coming out of New England. I'm so wicked sad, Sully. Tommy's calling it a career. <laughs> what are we going to do now? Tom Brady retiring. Big story of the morning. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bitly and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bitly and Murata. Hash marks. Now, very early in today's show, in case you're just joining us, good morning, by the way, and thanks for tuning us in here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Tom Brady 
After uh, last week, getting on Jim Gray's case, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do. If I knew what I was going to do, I would have blanking done it already. He knows what he's going to do, at least for now. And he announced his retirement, and he did add the words for good in the video statement he put out today. Um which may or may not have been recorded today. There seems to be some debate, debate on that. I'm sorry, that's a joke. But uh, And this on the heels of hot and heavy speculation about Tom Brady's future, even at you know close to 46 years old, what he was going to do for the 2023 football season. I think a lot of people, Bick, thought, all right, you know, with all the personal life strife that, that Tom Brady went through, it's obvious that football is his marriage at this point. So if he's going to, you know, sacrifice, I mean, for lack of a better term, sacrifice his marriage, a high, highly publicized marriage, for uh, the pursuit of what he wants football-wise, that this is going to continue for several years. Mm-hmm. There were reports um, after the Buccaneers got eliminated from the playoffs, too, how taxing this year was from a personal standpoint for Brady, that he lost 15 pounds during the year. But today he ends the speculation and says he's done for good. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, San Francisco makes perfect sense. Jeff Darlington was on ESPN yesterday, kind of you know, beating that drum again. But um, I, I give it to Tom Brady, A, for controlling his own narrative and message and getting the, the information out there on his own. And B, for not dilly-dallying around with it and letting people like us you know, trip over all the possibilities oh, yeah, yeah. for the next hey, few months. Leave me out of it. What do you mean, people <laughs> like us? Leave me out of this. I mean, we deal in the possibilities business. That's no, what I, I tell, think, yeah. tell people. But um, I was tired of talking about the possibilities of Tom Brady. He's had the greatest career any quarterback could ever hope for. And he's riding off into the sunset. Good for him. I wish okay. him well. Yeah, listen, I was, um, in terms of being tired of it, um, I, I was, I did not feel that way because I feel that there, I felt that there was going to be this groundswell of, of desire from San Francisco and the 49ers to get him out there. And, and then I thought, okay, great. We're going to be, it. we're going to be right in the crosshairs of, of this third, third iteration of Tom Brady's career. I do agree with you on one thing, and that is the timing. The fact that he came out now and did this now well before Super Bowl week begins next week. Had he done this on Friday, then this would have overtaken Monday at the Super Bowl and Radio Row. Uh, I think doing it now is respectful to the game. Yes. And so I give him that. And and I think that so I do I do agree with you. It, it's it, it, at least he kept the drama to a very bare minimum this time. And on top of it, he seems to be pretty aware about okay, I, I, this has got to be it. I, I I can't keep you know playing this game. Should I? Should I? Should I stay? Should I go? All that kind of stuff. So you know that that in mind, the finality of it that you kind of see on Tom Brady's face, and that's why I'm so kind of <laughs> that's why I'm still kind of. Blown away that this was sort of pre-recorded, if you will, because a lot of it does seem very sincere, and a lot of it does feel like, okay, this is a guy who really kind of had a moment of clarity now and is kind of seeing what's what. Um, 
As I said earlier, there's there's such a powerful story here when you think about the two greatest um, guys in respective to their sports. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, gifted the greatest, greatest sunsets ever, and neither one of them could take it. And that just shows you how difficult it must be for a professional athlete at the very top to say goodbye to, to that life. The life of adrenaline and victory and conquest and adulation and, and the feeling that you are doing something, you are at the top of a profession – that only a handful of people can do. Mm-hmm. And you are the very best. Walking away from that, I'm sure I'm sure it's very difficult for Tom Brady to go, okay, now what? Because, you know, Tom Brady, no matter, what, no matter how glib he is in the broadcast booth, he ain't going to be as good in his next job as he was in his last. He doesn't even seem like the type of guy who would be happy being a broadcaster. Right. Like, he's not such a gregarious, like, outgoing, fun-loving guy who does so much media stuff. And, yeah. You know, he's not like Gronk, who you're going to see. Who is like Gronk? Gronk is a 12-year-old. He's not like Roy Kent. See what I did there? (laughs) See what I did there? I dropped a Ted Lasso reference. He's there. He's here. He's there. Ah, See what I did? Yeah, Uh, you're right. bleeping Roy Kent. Right, exactly. Uh, but like J.J. Watt, for example, you can believe that he's retired for good because he seems, one, at peace with the rest of his life and also somebody who will transition smoothly into whatever he wants to do next, whether it's movies or media or whatever. Tom Brady, because, of, like you were saying, all those goats have to be so singularly focused on being the greatest of all time. They have mm-hmm. nothing else in their lives. Yeah, but if that focus bleeds over into the broadcasting booth... Who's to say that he can't be a great analyst? I'll make one guarantee right now as we Mm -hmm. speak. The first time he cracks the mic in a broadcast booth, he's a better analyst than Tony Romo. Wow. Wow. You're really a hater. No, the, the, the public opinion on Tony Romo has shifted. And I've been on that opinion since the beginning. Even when Tony Romo was telling you, here's what's going to happen, Jim. I was like, I don't want that from an analyst. I want to know why it happened. He seems like a nice guy. He does. And he does a terrible <laughs> Carl Spackler impersonation. I, I still think that's giving uh, Tom Brady a little too much credit, but I look I, forward to finding out. Look, we all thought Bruce Arians would be great. No, he, he didn't. Was, oh, no, we, uh, who, what? what? I, no, oh, I, I, I thought he would just because, okay, maybe maybe it was just me then. Yeah, I, I wasn't even on this show back then. Don't put yeah. words in my mouth. But B.A. did games. B.A. would have been better as part of the panel in the studio, I think. Like a Charles Barkley type? Yes. But he, yeah. didn't, he didn't like it at all. And maybe Tom Brady doesn't like oh, it. I Who knows? put bourbon on the desk. Maybe so. we're talking about the 2024 return to, of Tom Brady to the... Miami Dolphins. Oh, gosh. No, it, again, it, it's anybody who actually uh, interviewed Bruce Arians or was around in press. It, it, there's, it, you kind of knew this is not the kind of guy that's built for the fluff and the pomp and the pageantry and the and the guardrails of television. Yep. You know, what, what B.A. had was the ability to drop down a cuss word and make everybody giggle like school children. And you're not getting away with that on national television. Nope. Yeah, right. So I, I'm with Sarah. I don't think I don't think Tom Brady looks to me like a natural fit in the broadcast booth at all. But again, the reason he got hired, if you read about this, the Fox Network, they, their plans for him are so much bigger. He he is just he's going to be their brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. He's the guy they're going to trot around at every at every big meeting, at every big you know sales meeting, at every you know, closing the deals with 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 Blea. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be that yeah, guy. They're not even going to care what he says on television. Yeah. Here's Guarantee this, that- though. Every hair will be a nice light brown. Yeah, well, that is true. 
spectacular. Um, no here, flies on me. Here's the thing about Tom Brady and his legacy, though. And I was just having this discussion with a couple of buddies of mine last night and about the whole LeBron-Michael Jordan debate. And he said it's getting harder to, to not acknowledge LeBron James as the greatest of all time. I disagreed with that. But there's very few athletes in any sport or any position at any sport that can check all the boxes. When you're considering the greatest of all time, you consider basically three things, right? Mm -hmm. Winning, statistics, and longevity. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady's the rare guy that checks every single box <laughs> yeah. in, in, in an unbelievably dominant way. Yes. Who else has played quarterback at that level for 23 years? Nobody. Who else has seven Super Bowl rings? Nobody. Look at his statistics. Well, and again, the nobody's thing, close. I agree with you. And for all the hating I've done on Tom Brady, I will say this. There are his ability to execute late in games under pressure. He's almost flawless in his ability to deflect pressure and just simplify everything. I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, that is truly Jordan-esque. Yeah. The ability to always deliver in late clutch time situations. He was remarkable that way. Yep. Starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Just text SUPER to 620-620 to register. And then listen for your name. When you hear your name, call in within the time frame. You could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, win tickets to the FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Again, get entered by texting SUPER to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Coming up next, Phoenix Suns have been resurgent of late. Winners of six of their last seven. We'll get the uh, latest thoughts of the legendary voice of the Suns. Al McCoy next. It's Bickley and Mar of mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Susan, CP3 for three. Al, about the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Murata. Suns win. The Suns win. Al, about the Suns. Driven by Sanderson Ford. The Suns have won six of their last seven games, playing much better basketball, getting healthier as a group by the day. It's looking pretty good right now in Suns land. Here to talk about it, the legendary Hall of Fame voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy, checks in with us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Al. How are you? Well, good morning, guys. And uh, as you know, as that injury list shrinks, uh, the Suns seem to be getting back on track. And I think that's the good news. As you mentioned, they've been winning some games. They have another big challenge tonight against Atlanta, not a five-game road trip, but things are starting to look a little brighter, that's for sure. Yeah, one of the things I've noticed, Al, is it looks like maybe Chris Paul is starting to come around a little bit, and I'm thinking maybe he's maybe he's kind of planned this out. Maybe he's got some prizes, surprises left for the rest of us. Uh, have you seen sort of that from Chris Paul, and how do you think that factors into the future? Well, I think that's very encouraging. I think uh, CP3 has come back strong and seems to really be playing on top of his game, and uh, that's good news. Uh, Chris Johnson is kind of starting to get back in the swing of things. He's been up and down, but you know what he can contribute. And we touched on this last week. I think the emergence of, uh, of Bridges uh, during this last uh, few-week period maybe is the biggest thing of all because he has shown that he not only is the uh, defender, 
that we depend upon, but he is a scorer, and uh, that really is going to be a plus, I think, for the Suns. Yeah, I'm glad you went there, Al. I was going to go and and talk about Mikel Bridges, and and you know, Bick and I had had the discussions recently. Um, you know, when when everybody was hurt, and that included Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton to a certain extent, that the Suns were struggling, and it wasn't unpredictable that they would struggle, but it seemed like maybe Mikel Bridges wasn't capable of being the go-to guy on offense, and. <laughs> What he's done in terms of scoring, and I think more to the point, taking pressure off of Chris Paul from a playmaking standpoint and his evolution there just gives the Suns more options. I've been so impressed with what I've seen from Mikel Bridges. And by the way, the guy never misses a game. In today's NBA, there's something to be said for that. Well, there's no question, and he has definitely stepped up in these last few weeks, and that is going to be big. Now, the Suns need help from their bench. The bench uh, has had uh, some good moments, but they haven't been consistent, and they will need that uh, as we get down to the midway point here in the season. But uh, besides all these things that we've pointed out that are certainly encouraging, I think maybe the biggest of all is that the Western Conference is still wide open. I mean, uh, no team has really stepped up and uh, come up with the idea that they're going to take charge so it's it's uh, completely wide open. We're not even halfway through the season. And if these injuries are now behind the Suns, and, uh, you know, there's a little mystery. Can Devin Booker get some time tonight? We'll have to wait and see probably. But I think the Suns are in a pretty good position, really. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and I do think that what Vinny said is right. I think this has been a very, very odd regular season so far with very little definition. And, and the whole idea of load management is getting criticized all over again, as it should, in my opinion. Somebody pointed out that the NBA should give Mikael Bridges an award just for, for, for being the for being sort of the antidote to what's plaguing the NBA, you know, Al? Well, you're absolutely right. And of course, we, which seems like we talk about this every week, uh, players sending out and not playing. Uh, it's just getting to be uh, almost to the ridiculous point. But as a result, uh, we look forward to the second half of the season now. And as I mentioned, things are still wide open yeah. as we get down, starting to think about playoff time. So, uh, who knows? Al McCoy, the Hall of Fame voice of the Phoenix Suns, joins us on Wednesdays here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Um, you, you talked about the bench, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's been an inconsistent stretch for the bench. Uh, last time out, uh, they, were, they were pretty good and contributed to that win. One of my concerns with the bench right now, Al, is at the backup point guard spot. And we, you know, we talked about Bridges taking up a lot of uh, a lot of those duties, but you still don't have Cameron Payne back. Saban Lee's 10-day contract expired. He's not there. I think for this stretch, it's imperative for somebody to step up and, and give Chris Paul some support because he's playing 35 minutes a game right now, and I don't think that is, uh, th- that is sustainable. What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I would agree, and we've been talking about this uh, backup point guard position for quite some time. And it needs to be filled. Now, we, we don't even like to bring up the Crowder situation. Maybe there's a, a point guard lurking out there. Uh, it's just, it's just hard to say, but there still are some questions to be answered so that, uh, we don't see P3 to come down to the wire worn out. We want him to be fresh. Maybe have to limit his minutes a little bit as you're indicating. 
And uh, something has to happen there in all probability. That that backup point guard position still is a big question mark. Yeah, Yeah, and at the very least, I think we're going to get some resolution to the Jay Crowder situation. (laughs) And you probably know this from experience, Al, but, you know, recently we've had a couple of members of the Suns kind of speak out um, fondly of Jay Crowder, talk about how much they miss him. Don't you think it'll be good just just to have clarity and some finality to that situation for this team? Yes, I do. I, I would agree. And we've talked about it a lot uh, week after week after week. Uh, it, it has uh, not helped the Suns' cause to be involved in this Jay Crowder situation. And it's going to be very interesting to see what transpires here in just the next couple of weeks. You mentioned the wide-open nature of the Western Conference. We've never seen anything like this. I mean, uh, seeds 3 through 13 in the West have uh, between 24 and 28 wins right now. So you get on a hot streak, and we've seen the Suns do it. They improved their play. They went from 12th to 4th, I think, at one point. Um, But considering all that, Al, and and what you've been able to take in around the Western Conference, because I don't believe there's, if healthy, there's a team that the Suns can't compete with in a playoff series, but who have you been the most impressed with this year elsewhere? Well, probably Denver, uh, but yet uh, they lose some big games every once in a while also. So uh, Denver has been impressive, and I think a lot of people feel that they could wind up being uh, certainly one of the contenders in the West. But I agree with you that if the Suns can continue to get everybody healthy, to get back on the track the way we knew they can compete and play, that uh, they don't have to back down from anybody in the Western Conference. Yeah, I agree. Al, always a pleasure to talk to you, uh, and we will uh, do it again next week. Okay, thanks a lot, Thank guys. It'll be great to, great to see Book tonight, and hopefully maybe he'll get a few minutes. We shall see. Thanks, Al. Al about the Suns, the uh, Hall of Famer, the legendary voice of the uh, Phoenix Suns. Al McCoy joins us on Wednesdays. Maybe Al dropping a little news there? Well, we can hope, right? <laughs> we can hope. <laughs> I I uh, hadn't heard that elsewhere, so no. we'll, we'll keep a monitor yeah, on that. Absolutely. Uh, Tom Brady is calling it a career, but now all the quarterback speculation falls on another one of the all-time greats. His name is Aaron Rodgers, and he's talking about that future. We'll tell you what he said next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. It sounds like there's already conversations going on that aren't involving me, which are interesting. Honestly, I've been insulated to a lot of that. Like I said, I was in, in Nashville, and, and then I'll be up here uh, you know, this week playing in the tournament. So uh, I'm not a part of those conversations right now. When I make up my mind one way or another, then you guys and Packers, not in that order, but and everybody else will, uh, will know at some point. That is the exhausting Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee Show yesterday talking about the Green Bay Packers, in his words, having discussions about me without me. Okay. That'd be a good lyric. What do you yeah. Think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. At this point, there's a lot of speculation about Aaron Rodgers' future. I I would be, if I was a betting man, I would be willing to put a couple of bucks down on the fact that his days in Green Bay are over. Mm. Even though the Packers are, you know, they're portraying that, hey, we made a long uh, a long commitment to Aaron Rodgers last offseason. 
Um, the idea of a trade makes a lot of sense. I, I think it's probably time for the Packers to move on. You know, it's hard to make a move when you're winning 13 games a year and competing for Super Bowls every year, even if you fall short. You know, when you have a down year like this year where they didn't make the playoffs, maybe it's time to move on to Jordan Love and see what you have. Maybe recoup some some assets in, in trading Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the speculation is, hey, the New York Jets might need a, mm. uh, a quarterback moving forward. Aaron Rodgers, former offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, now with the Jets, and he talked about that relationship oh, those yeah. two have. We all have certain coaches that have meant a lot to us over the years and have created those really special rooms to play in, special feelings on game day, made the weeks better. Obviously, Nathaniel's one of those guys. I would say there's been a handful of coaches over the years who've been just on another different level. You know, guys who you just kind of bonded with more than other guys. And it's not a shot at any, any other coach you've played with. It's just humans. Just like with teammates. Some guys you really you love and, and some guys you love and you spend more time on them off the field. Yeah, and I think wherever Rodgers lands, that's got to be an ingredient. There has to be a pre-existing relationship yeah. with somebody high up. Oh, no, listen, and and so I so I think that if this is really going to be the end of Aaron Rodgers, because, again, his salary cap, they would have to do something dramatic with him uh, cooperatively to keep him anyways, and it, and it might be just about that time. The options that were there for Tom Brady are probably options that are there for Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about the Raiders, who are off of Derek. Carr, we're talking about the Jets, um, who not only need an impact quarterback, but Aaron Rodgers very much seemingly in Aaron Rodgers' way, kind of throwing his hat in that ring a little bit, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then the 49ers. There are people who look at, at at Tom Brady, and I think Bill Simmons is one of them. And keep in mind, there was a time when Tom Brady was angling to get to Miami, out, out of Tampa, did not even fulfill his second year in Tampa, but got to Miami with Sean Payton. Bill Simmons contends that Tom Brady, once he saw Miami, their quarterback position was full, and once he saw Sean Payton was going to a place that didn't require a quarterback, he realized he didn't have any options. Now, that to me doesn't take into account the 49ers and the Raiders, especially the latter, where Josh McDaniels happens to be. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure I'm buying what Bill Simmons is selling when it comes to Tom Brady, but I do think that those are options for Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets with Nathaniel Hackett there, clearly that's something that Aaron Rodgers might feel all warm and fuzzy about. Yeah, he can you go back, back to the he go to the Raiders yeah. and play with his old receiver. Yeah, but I mean, so much was made about Devonte Adams landing in Vegas and reuniting with his college quarterback Derek Carr. That didn't exactly no, work out. No, that didn't either. work out. So pro bowler Derek Carr that that wasn't the that wasn't the Jamar Chase Joe Burrow kind of effect. Right. No, it was more Hollywood Brown Kyler Murray. Exactly. Yeah, yep. there was a lot of reunions last year and. Some of them didn't work. And some were better than others. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will go to Tampa. That division is a disaster at quarterback. Oh, yeah. All four teams don't have a quarterback right now. Desmond Ritter, Sam Darnold. Is he a free agent? Yeah. Yeah, he is a free agent. Goodness gracious. This is the. Blaine Gabbert. These are the quarterbacks right now that are uh, under contract in the NFC South. The Falcons have Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota. The Bucks have. Although Ky- Mark Mariota left the team at the end That's of the year. He wasn't even with the team. The, the Bucks the have Kyle Trask. The Panthers have Matt Corral. Gabbard's a free agent? Yeah. The Panthers have Matt Corral and Jacob Eason. Corral. Okay. And the Saints have Jameis Winston and Jake Luton, Luton, whatever. 
Uh, I think it's Luton. Yeah, Luton. Uh, the kid from Oregon State. Yeah. Uh, Goodness gracious, that's a mess. Uh, uh-huh. The San Francisco possibility for Rodgers that will pick up steam now. Uh, you oh can, yeah, you can bet on that. But Brock, oh, that be that would be that would just be a joy for our division, wouldn't it? So a lot of people are wondering. Brock Purdy came in late in the season, led a lot of wins, uh, suffered a serious injury in the NFC Championship game. He spoke yesterday, and he doesn't know, and he's not comfortable saying that he should be QB one. You know, for me, I just wanted to, to win at all costs. Ray won the team needed me. Um, that week against Miami, um, obviously, for all the games that I played in and stuff, I, I, that was still my mindset was just to win and to let everything else fall into place. So for me to claim or say anything in terms of what's going to happen moving forward, that's out of my control. I'm going to do what I can to get back healthy and be ready to compete come fall. Now, I don't know if you heard it, too. He kind of clarified the timetable of six months that was laid out there on Monday. Mm. He said the doctors told him he could maybe start throwing again in three months, and in six months he should be a full go, which has got to be promising news for the 49ers if he is indeed their plan as QB1 moving forward. Yeah, yes, I, I think, but again, I, I do think that even though scouts have looked at the film and gone, oh, this is legit, uh, you still have to wonder, don't you? You, I no. mean, you do. You, it's a, it's still a small sample. We compared the results him. were so overwhelming, though. We compared him to Kurt Warner. Yeah. But he wasn't Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner was an MVP that year. I mean, yes. like, Kurt Warner, he was more Tom Brady but, that first year where he sort of again, managed the game. Again, let me, let but, me but ask let's you this not, question. Let's though. not downgrade the fact that Brock Purdy was unbeaten prior to that playoff yeah, game. It, he it, didn't get a chance to play a whole year. With all due respect to Kurt Warner, and it's one of the great stories of the last 50 years in the NFL, what he did when he got his opportunity, Brock Purdy was given his opportunity very late in the season. If Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance went down in the preseason and it was Brock Purdy from day one and he was able to stay healthy, he might, he might be have been MVP. an MVP yeah. candidate. He might be the MVP. Because the numbers were not bad. People just expect, oh, hand the ball off, don't turn it over. Well, he did those things, but he also played really good quarterback. Yeah, he did. He and he, he looked the part. He acted the part. He no no moment was too big for him. Kyle Shanahan, the praise that came from I've never seen a rookie this point. All of that stuff was very very real. And yet, there's always there's always bounce backs. Leagues adjust, and then and so. But but Brock Purdy strikes me as the kind of kid that isn't taking any of this for granted and isn't going to assume any of this. So I'll be curious to see where this thing goes for the Forty ers because, again, the danger for the 49ers now is they have been right on the cusp three of the last four years, mm-hmm. and they have yet to punch that ticket. That is true. And, and that there's got to be – I mean, Kyle Shanahan does not have a ring yet. And at some point in time, he's going to need to want it, especially being on the end of that 28-3 to debacle in Atlanta. Yeah, he thought he was going to have a ring that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, on the cusp three of the last four years with San Francisco, but let's not forget that Atlanta experience at the end, too. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan teams have been very, very close to the mountaintop a lot Oof. of times. Coming up next, we will hit the 9 o'clock hour in social media style. Social studies with Sarah Cazell is next. Pickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.